The following content has been provided by RWTH Aachen University. We're now going to move on to speech, uh, which is sort of the, the highest level, you could say, probably of audio um, that, that we are able to perceive that has, has a lot of meaning attached to it. Uh, and I'm going to use uh, slides from Cliff Nass, uh, an excellent researcher back at Stanford, um, who is uh, one of the authors of The Media Equation, a book that I'll be talking about briefly, and who sadly passed away just a few years ago. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to uh, have him as one of the guest speakers in my classes while I was teaching at Stanford myself. Um, and so this is summarizing what we know about speech in humans. It's something that is very fundamental and starts really early in human development. Um, with an IQ as low as 50, which is only you know, a little above a tablecloth, right? Um, with a brain that weighs as little as 400 grams, people start developing the ability to, to speak. So speech is really something that's wired into us. At 18 months uh, through adolescence, we learn one new word on average every two hours. Um, a one-day-old uh, baby can already differentiate speech from other sounds. Um, and a four-day-old can already differentiate the native language from foreign languages. So we're really, really good at this. Our brain is really, really highly skilled in doing this. So it makes sense to use it as, uh, as an output, just as it makes sense to use vision. Um, adults can differentiate 40 to 50 phonemes per second, which is a lot. A phoneme is a basic building block of, of words and sounds uh, spoken language. When we try this with other sounds, the numbers are much lower. So if it's not something our brain has been trained to understand as part of speech, we have a much harder time, we have much slower processing rates. So it's a, it's a processing engine that's really good. That's what lets us cope with the cocktail party, um, you know, the cocktail party effect. You've got people talking all around you, but you, know, you can still listen to that person you know, two meters away talking because you can focus on them and sort of process that speech. It's one of the most amazing capabilities that we have, really. Um, therefore, speech output makes a lot of sense. And we've heard speech output, you know, back in DIS-1 when we had uh, put that there and the computer was talking back and saying, like, you know, put that where, you know, that really sort of flat metallic voice. Things have gotten much better by now uh, when you've got Siri talking to you or, or Google, um, Google's voice uh, uh, recognition and speech synthesis. It's actually much more pleasant. Um, Let's talk about speech output for a second. These systems are also known as text-to-speech systems, or TTS. Um, the way they basically work is that they use recorded chunks. The chunks they use are just of different size. Um, the smallest size you can do is uh, phonemes, of course. That would be small, little, speakable, you know, sort of sounds um, that are the most flexible and that make up all the sounds that we use in speech. If you use that, you can of course create, you've got a small database of words and then you can create everything from that. Um, but it won't sound quite as natural. If you record entire words, um, then the system will sound more natural because the word was spoken by an actual person. Um, but you still are missing some of the effects, for example, of the voice going up and down, the emphasis that a word gets in, in when it's part of a sentence. That's why when you record entire sentences, things sound much more realistic. So that's why when you are at the uh, train station in Aachen and you know, 
the train to Cologne is delayed again. You get this announcement, you know. Uh, the train on platform, and that sounds perfectly natural, and then comes a little gap, seven, you know, will be departing in 15 minutes. So you, you can tell that these things aren't perfectly weaved into each other, but the parts that have been recorded by a natural speaker sound uh, perfectly fine. Um, some advantages of these systems, of course, are that they are, uh, speech is a natural, familiar, and, and also an emotional output uh, modality. Um, it's, of course, especially good for the visually impaired. Uh, and it can work in mobile situations when you have no display available or a small display, or your eyes are occupied. Right? Some of the um, challenges of speech is um, it's slower than visual. We've talked about this in the beginning of the class. It's transient, so when it's done, it's done, it's over. You need to go back and play it again if you want to hear it again. Um, and it's hard to browse or search for that reason. Why speech output still sounds kind of a little off, even when you've got your nav system talking to you, or your TomTom, -tom or, uh, uh, or, or whatever system you're using, or your smartphone, it will still sound kind of off. Um, and the reason for that is that speech is also has this aspect of what's called prosody. Prosody is the if you like, the melody of a spoken sentence. Um, so, for example, if you say, um, open that window. You know, that's one way of saying it. You could say, open that window, or open that window. All these three things will mean different things to you. You know that I'm trying to say something slightly different with each of them. I've said the same three words. Right? So all these things need to go in there. Um, and they will, you know, so, so these, these ways of pronouncing things are, are very important and communicate a lot. Of course, there's also the whole, like, you know, open that window, you know, I can say this in a very annoyed way, and that will mean yet something else, give you a lot of subcontext, um, subtext to what I'm saying. Or, um, you know, you got problems like the computer actually needs to understand what something means before they can actually say it. I can type in a sentence, and the computer won't know how to say it until it actually understands what I'm saying. So for example, if you type in the sentence, I've read the book twice, if the computer doesn't know that read is the past you know, uh, perfect of, of the word read, it could also say, I've read the book twice. So it needs to know that this word, even though it's R-E-A-D, is pronounced differently based on you know, how it's positioned in the, in, the in, in the context of the sentence. So there's all kinds of interesting challenges on, on speech generation. And I'm not even talking about speech recognition here. Right? That's a much harder challenge. And uh, um, Hammond Nye here in uh, Informatics 6 uh, is, is one of the uh, foremost experts on the, on the area. So um, the other thing, finally, that's tricky with speech output is unlike noise, speech won't fade into the background. Right? You've probably noticed this. You can fall asleep. You know, when there's just noise, like, you know, whatever, a car is going by slowly, but when somebody speaks to you, you wake up because voice is something that will actually drill right down into your brain and, and, and trigger you. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.